Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV begins right now. Corey's up in Atlanta, so we're set up a little bit different, but I see him. Hello there, sir. Ira's right across from me. How is everybody? You guys doing okay? Stop beating on your mic, man. We're off to a shaky start. He's just bludgeoning the mic. I do like him up there better, though. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I don't know what it is. I can't really put my finger on it, but it's something I like about it. You had enough of him? Don't be mean. You had had enough of him on the hill? It's Snuggy. We did have a good time at Snuggy Hill. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the intro. Corey, good job. That was well. That was, <laughs> Thanks, that was, man. I do what I can. <laughs> it made me smile. It made me smile. And I so did the results. So Florida State got that win in convincing fashion. Good timing for it. We get the uh, committee tonight deciding to uh, rank yeah. the teams. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, let's say thanks to our friends at Register Sausage. Yay, sausage! Every week. Another big day for Register Sausage. Kim texted me that she got an email with a promo uh, for a discount for Register Sausage. And I think I guess we're on the mailing list now, and so we're mm. they're doing some email marketing. It's obviously not going to be as effective as their seminal headlines marketing. Nothing could be. We, Correct. You know, it's just a different different level. Um, but, yeah, Register Sausage, registermeats.com is the website. If you live in this part of the uh, country, you certainly can go into your local grocery store and ask for it. They probably have it if there's a good. If you go to a good grocery store, oh, yeah. they're going to have it. I think that's the way to define it. If right. you have registered sausage, you got a chance to be a good grocery store. If you don't, <laughs> exactly. you, there's no it's like chance. talent. Yeah. It's like talent. That's right. Uh, you got a shot. Yeah. But if you aren't in this part of the country, yeah, go registeredmeats.com. Go to the website, order it, and you might get one of these emailed marketing newfangled promo codes from Register Sausage as well. But it's uh, all the different flavors. Corey, what's your favorite flavor? Is it still the Andouille, or is it the cheddar and jalapeno, or where, where, where are you going these days? Ira, it's Andouille. It'll always be Andouille. Right. It's crazy you ask that question. I'm sorry. I mean, that's I look, and I love the other ones, but that's like asking me my favorite child. <laughs> well, you only have one. Right. Andouille. <laughs> Brady's like, am I the favorite child? I have to be. I don't like to pick one, Brady. <laughs> You're like, Brady, your friend is a good kid. And so, <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of guys out there to choose from. Dad. All right, so this was a performance – that had us pumped, I think. I think this this was one that kind of stirred the pot even more because pretty universally, right? Yeah, there's nobody. I, the, yeah. the reason I'm bringing this up, buddy, I didn't hear a single solitary yeah. complaint after this game. I mean, this was pure domination, start to finish. You get into some of those advanced metrics, and it's a humiliating loss for Wake. They were not. I mean, they were they were children out there competing against yeah. men, 
And uh, I, I brought that up yesterday. I mean, 41 of their 44 rushes for two yards or less. Yeah. That's not football. I mean, that that's some nonsense. That's like when you're watching like peewee football and they're playing a team that's got mm-hmm. a bunch of big kids and you can't block them. And you're like, oh, son, there's going to be – get a running clock. We need a running clock. Wake should have had a running clock yeah. in that game uh, the way that it started. But also, Jordan looked the best he's looked yet, uh, save for the second half against LSU where he was great. And I just like the rhythm Mike's in right now. Stevens Vine played really, really well. There's a lot of good coming out of this game, and you hope that it portends of them continuing to get better. Now, obviously, they, they should. They're heavily favored. They should beat Pitt pretty handily. Uh, but I think in particular, obviously, we, we're getting it set up now to try to take care of business against Miami and Florida on the road. And if you win Saturday, let's all get set to go to Charlotte. I mean, I think we're pretty much already there, but now you can really punch the ticket. And I, we'll all be there hanging out in Charlotte. Good times, boys. We can go to the Irish pub and have a Guinness again. Be like the old days. Yeah, Ooh. man. We used to hang out. Good times. Let's go. That was an annual December yeah, trip. It was. For, for us. And uh, four times in five years. And then it went away for, mm. you know, a decade. <laughs> but here we are. We're back. We're back maybe going to Charlotte with uh, one more win, even if they somehow lose to Pitt. In Miami, I, I feel like they have a good chance of going to Charlotte. But Think big don't picture. even bring that up. No, They're going to win. Yeah, they're going to win. They're going to win. Think a big picture here right now, though. What's cool is that you are, from an odd standpoint, in a perfect position to, to get to the college football playoff. You're favored heavily to get to the ACC championship game. And whomever you play in the ACC championship game, you're favored to beat pretty mm-hmm. significantly. Uh, and, and, and you're 8-0, obviously. And all of this is happening at a time where Clemson's in disarray, Miami hasn't found its footing necessarily, Florida's down. There's just so much, to the, to your point, to to relish right now, right. to cherish right now. Florida State fans have to be over the moon with the position they find themselves in eight games into the season. Yeah, I think what was cool about that game, and I think part of the reason people are so excited is because there was the one broken play where they got a 50-yard run. That's it. But other than that, yeah, like you didn't see – Quite literally see, other than that. You didn't That's... see receivers running wide open. You didn't see – I think Wake Forest had five big plays, according to the stats. Five big plays. That's runs of over 10 yards or passes over 15. And their longest play, other than that 50-yarder, was a 20-yard pass, I think. Um, so it's like they there weren't a lot of busted plays. And then offensively, I really feel like they've – that offensive line, I think, has come together. I think it's I think it's starting to at least not having the major breakdowns. I don't know. It's never going to be an offensive line that just moves people off the ball. Correct. Not good people off the ball. But you're not seeing the breakdowns and miscommunications. You don't see the situations where what we were seeing up until a couple weeks ago, where teams would rush three and still get pressure um, just because there would be you know breakdowns in communication or technique. I feel like that group is is because Wake's defense isn't bad, man, and they sent a lot of blitzes. And I thought the the pass protection for Jordan for the most part was really good. Doesn't it, at the end of the day, though, I was talking about this with Aslan on uh, Wake Up War Chant, a semi-wildly popular uh, podcast. You guys are still doing um, that, though, right? It's still, we are. Still, every day, still Ira. Do, every still do show. day. Sweet. Every day. Uh, every wow. day. Um, it's, I, I think, man, the way he looked on Saturday, and quite frankly, the way Jordan looked in the second half against Duke, you, you go into these games like, okay, maybe Pitt plays out of its mind for Pitt. Well, I, I, I can't even pronounce their quarterback's name. And you have Jordan Travis. It's a mismatch. You have, I mean, the way, I, I just feel like that's an ultimate comfort blanket. You know he's probably not going to turn the ball over much, maybe one time. He's turned it over twice all season. But he's playing at a high level with weapons everywhere. And you just feel so comfortable that even if they don't play great, they've got that guy. 
And it's it's pretty remarkable what he's turned himself into. I, I don't know if you heard the show, Ira. I looked it up. So, Jeff, Jordan Travis is tied for fourth all-time in rushing touchdowns at Florida State with 30. One more, he gets fourth all by himself. The three people ahead of him are Dalvin Cook, Greg Allen, and Warwick Dunn. Yeah. He's also tied for third in passing touchdowns in Florida State history. This is turning into a remarkable career. You know what I mean? I, I hope he yeah. finishes it off strong, and I'm not saying he's the best quarterback they've ever had. He's played a lot more games than some of those guys. But he's going to finish top three in rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns at Florida State? That's crazy. Oh, it's a remarkable career, and I think I'll do you one better, is somebody who has you know been critical of him in the past. I mean, I, I largely have accepted, as everybody have heard, how good Jordan Travis is, and I even talked about it a lot last year after the LSU game. I watched the transformation. When we all went to the LSU game last year, I went, oh, my God, this guy's becoming something he's never been before because they threw the kitchen sink at him. And from that point forward, we just wanted to see how high was his ceiling, how good could he get. Because I've never seen, Corey, to your point, a player go from being a guy that's somewhat nondescript beyond his athleticism. You know, his, his ability to make you miss was always in place. But a nondescript thrower of the football, just sort of like when you think of Florida State's history, right. his name was not going to come up. You, you were just going to be like, oh, he was a guy that filled a role and he was okay. To right. being a guy now that demands you talk about him amongst the best that they've had in terms of the complete package now. And that is not something I thought I'd ever say. That's nothing but a tip of the cap to who he is and how hard he's worked to get better. And it's a tip of the cap to the coaching staff and really everybody involved in his maturation because he's really transformed what was possible for him in those record books. So you got to, I mean, you're proud of him, but you're also really confident going into games because he's going to make plays. And I think he might be getting healthier. It seems to me that he's a lot more willing to run whenever yeah. it, it calls upon uh, him to do so. And he's also the reason that you can get by with a slightly above average offensive line mm -hmm. because he can make people miss. He can extend play after play if he needs to. And you can spread people out and really cause a math problem with his legs. So you can kind of get by by being a little, you know, average at offensive line. So he's, yes, he's, he's having a good run. Yeah, there were definitely a couple of plays in that game early on, especially where, you know, he, he got some, when he did get some pressure, I mean, he just makes those guys look silly. Like he, he's not going to, if there's one or two guys and he sees them, if oh, they don't yeah. blindside him, they're not going to get to him. I mean, he's just very elusive. And he's got to, you guys he, remember the, the throw to Morlock he had in the second half. It's the best throw the best. of the year. It's the best throw of the yeah, year. It was incredible. Yeah. Yes. But he had another play on the first drive where he makes a guy miss in the backfield, yeah. he shakes him free for enough of uh, for a it's a third down and he rolls to his right and throws Morlock open towards the middle of the field for like a 10-yard conversion on third and 6. There aren't five quarterbacks in the country that make that play. Right. Uh, so he's got he's just got it all working right now. Was, and you're right, Jeff, I do think he he looks faster, he looks more willing to run. Yeah, but I, even in warm-ups, I watch him in warm-ups and I'm like, "Oh, that was a burst. Yeah, you're starting to see it more. To you're yeah. starting to see it more now, and that's good. That's good because that changes who he is too, and changes what the offense is. I do need to clarify one thing for the for the folks the folks out here who listen to Wake Up War Chant, the wildly well, no, no, moderately very, very popular. popular. It's popular, a pretty popular, popular, the popular show. Wake yeah, yeah. Up War Chant. It's a good show, pretty popular. I heard you and Aslan talking about. Maybe does Willie Taggart deserve credit for Jordan oh, Travis? Jesus. No, 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 no. Oh, you didn't dispute who did, it. Who did you hear? You didn't dispute it. You didn't did you, I just moved past it. Well, but who brought it up? I talked. I talked to him at practice already. I almost texted, okay, texted right. you guys at seven thirty in the morning, but I, uh, I, I, I didn't do it. But 
Yeah, man. I thought it was a joke. (laughs) So Kendall Bryles, just clear the record for anybody out there. I'm sure there's something Willie Taggart deserves credit for in this program. I don't know what it is. There's probably but th- but something. But it's not this thing. It's but not this it thing. is not this. <laughs> no, no. Kendall Bryles had recruited uh, Jordan Travis before. He liked Jordan Travis a lot. I think when he was at FAU, when Jordan Travis became available, Kendall Bryles is the one who got him to Florida State. And then Kendall Bryles and Odell Hagens are the first ones to play him after Willie got fired. So Odell, so yeah, baby. Odell. We're not, we're not, uh, so you, did we're not you giving Willie credit. Did you clarify I feel that? like I've cleared the so air on that. So on the next wake-up war anyone, chant, that well, this, will not be something. And this that, is for, you know, for anybody that heard that yeah, or anybody yeah. that's confused about history, uh, we're not giving Willie Taggart credit I just glossed over it. I thought it was a joke. Um, <laughs> well, clearly, you, Willie Taggart never played Jordan Travis. <laughs> ever. The only time we ever heard his name was I mean, the week after Jordan Travis I, left. It's all of a sudden, oh, this guy's going to run for 90 yards and two touchdowns. It's the goodness in Aslan's heart. He's trying to give Willie something. I but you've got to find something else. I can give something now to coaching. I've talked about it for three weeks in a row, but Mike's in a great rhythm right now, and he really has a good sense of this offense. And the screen game is now part of what they do yeah. pretty consistently, and it's evil. Yeah. It's so well designed going back and watching it. It's just so cool how many different types of screens they have, by the way. And they execute them. Now the timing is all there. Mike has always been, in my opinion, a very good play caller, a very good offensive mind. I've been very impressed going back to Memphis. We all have. But I think, I think Mike, and I don't think Clawson's wrong, and I don't think he was blowing smoke. I think that Mike Norvell is one of the best offensive play callers in America. So when you combine that with a quarterback that's getting healthier, and now if they can get back all their weapons, mm-hmm. you'd like to think that you could you have a chance to peak at the right time. You to, know what? To peak as you're going into the playoff or the ACC championship. As we go into the, you know the modern age, and we're miking up everybody, we're miking up strength coaches, we're miking up position, we're doing all this all during games. Can we mic up defensive linemen so we can hear what they're saying on screen passes? Because those poor kids for Wake, man, oh, man. they realize it. They realize they gotten gotten, and they're smart kids at Wake Forest. And uh, man, it's just, but there's nothing you could do. Well, and when you see those two linemen peel back, yeah, and then Benson's in space, <laughs> and he's leading them perfect, and mm-hmm. you're thinking, well, he's going to have a head of steam. He's got two blockers, yeah. and now I've got to come across the field because I took the bait and went right. over here with the motion man, which by the way sets this all up perfectly. Mm-hmm. So now I've shaded. Now I've got a sprint, and I'm going to be trying to meet Trey Benson or an offensive right. lineman head on at full speed. <laughs> Oh, this be fun in space. So yeah, this is good. This sets up well, doesn't it? I mean, I want that. I don't a, want that microphone. That's a nightmare. You're going to hear some well, things that can't. That's the yeah. beauty. That, that it goes back to what Jimbo said, where you can't coach all the yards. You can't scheme right. it all up. That play with a normal running back is a 22 yard gain. Just an average running back. He gets tacked. It's a great play. It's still 25, 20, 25 yards is a chunk play. But like we just talked about, you've got a 220 kid that runs faster than anybody on Wake's team with a full head of steam. He's really hard to bring down when he gets going. He's really hard to bring down. And I thought they had just as good a screen call earlier in the game, and Rodney Hill got tripped up. Yeah, yeah. he did. That yeah. probably should have been a touchdown. Yeah. I think Rodney Hill would probably tell you that's a, that should be That's a another out-the-gate moment, guys. That's another <laughs> yeah. out-the-gate moment there, for sure. But actually, Although these time, are real. Yeah, yeah, this no, one, these are actually really real. Really he is out-the-gate. It's, it's a real out-the-gate moment. Robert wrote, hypothetical, if Ira, Jeff, and Corey made up a three-person playoff committee, what would be your methodology – where are you putting FSU, and are you punishing Michigan at all? Uh, well, if you're meaning punishing for Michigan cheating? for the cheating, we have to wait until the investigation's over, so no, not in season. No, we don't. They've yeah. been cheating. Well, no, no. Just keeping an Allegedly. open mind here, Corey. You know what I'm saying? If you're, if you're <laughs> on a committee, you can't just assume that. you got to wait until we find out This how is much. our committee. Okay. This is our committee. No, We're no, punishing them. No, 
I'm punishing them because they haven't played anybody. So well, for so for cheat. this week, what I would do is probably have a combination of Georgia or Ohio State one and one and two. Doesn't really matter to me which one you do. And then I'd have us third. I have Florida State three. And then I'd have uh, either Washington or. Um, yeah, I have Washington fourth, and I have Michigan fifth. So because you, Michigan hasn't played anybody. Do I think Michigan is better than Washington? I do. Do I think Michigan is better, maybe better than Florida State and Ohio State? I absolutely do. Um, but given their resume currently, I couldn't place them there. Yeah, we were talking about that the other night. Um, I, you know, I just I don't know if you start at this point. I, you know, I just it's like, do you really? Does is Georgia automatically number one? I know Corey, you've gotten some affinity for Georgia. Um, have you seen anybody else that like does Ohio State merit consideration or no? Well, they have a win no. against Penn State and Notre Dame, and they won road games in that sense. So you could maybe argue the resume says they should be right. number one over Georgia. I don't think they're better than Georgia because I don't believe in their offense. Uh, I think Georgia would shut down Ohio State's offense every day of the week. If that matchup happens, Georgia's going to win that game big. That to beat Georgia, you've got to have typically you've got to have a special quarterback. That's correct. That kid at Ohio State is not special. Correct. Um, they do have a special sense. wide receiver. Right. They just don't have a special quarterback. They do. Uh, so you know, look, I think Georgia and Michigan to me. Um, I don't know what the game control says. I haven't looked at it. I guess we got to start bringing. This is that our back. committee. We're not using game control. Oh, we don't use friend. game control. No. But do we use the eye test? We can. We can use the eye okay. test. I mean, the eye test. So tells I think. Me, yeah. In fact, in fact I think when the we eye test. I like Georgia and Michigan one and two with the eye test. Michigan is just blowing everybody out. I but know you, they played but, but bad it, teams. Yeah, but hold on, Corey. Now, see this, because I know how we would end up in this argument, because you can't have it both ways. Like that, we can't complain about people's schedules and then totally give Michigan a pass. Especially I don't when really they care if they've blown out bad teams. They have. They've blown out bad So what? Especially the well, – yeah, well, but I think the thing when you look at – and that's the thing. The thing about eye test where, where I have an issue with at times is – People look better by the eye test based on playing weaker competition. Like you can look really good if you're not playing good opponents, but then you start playing somebody better and you're not going to look quite as good. So that's well, why I think the eye test is you, resume has the to best, count. Hey, Corey, the best win on Michigan's schedule is UNLV. Are at Nebraska, oh. and they beat the bejesus out 45 of Nebraska. Nebraska's to seven. going to a bowl. Nebraska's I mean, found themselves a, a little bit yeah, since but, then. But we they know, were lost But we point. also know Nebraska's not good. Right. And well, right, but I, I guess I'm just saying, number one, it does not matter, which is the beauty of this. They've still got to play Penn State. They've still and got they to still play, Ohio, play State. Ohio State. Doesn't matter, right? And that's why you could put them at five and know that they could work their way back in there. You're not excluding them from having any chance. Right. But e either way, my rankings right now, I said this on Wake Up, would be probably Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Ohio State. So I, I think – I'm sorry. So, I think what we're doing is it's, we, we would have to define our terms. I think that I would pick Michigan over Florida State. Head to head right now, I think I pick, would I, with like a pick a money line. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I would take them in a neutral field. I think, but if we're doing rankings based on resume, I cannot put them in front of Florida State. So we have to define our terms. Well, we're getting to that's that was, the, <laughs> yeah, that was Robert's the, question. It's our committee. I, I think, um, yeah, man, I, I I lean heavily on resume. Uh, I mean, it's just the combination. It's a combination of the two. But I I just think, man, like Jordan Travis of that group. Um, He's got. He's the best quarterback. I mean, yep. in that in that group, and I think that means maybe the something. Washington kids had a really nice season, although the last two games well, not two so much, have not but, been good. Well, it, but Michigan's got a good quarterback. That's not. I mean, they're good. They're really good. I just need yeah. to see them beat some. But they're going to get a chance November 11th. They play Penn State. Well, no, I don't think Penn State's great. I think they'll beat the bejesus out of them, and then at the end of the year, November 25th, they play Ohio State, and that'll answer everything.
It's cool that we're talking about this again, though, huh? Man, oh, it's that's, been a that's, that's the highlight, is that yeah. these other teams that are in the conversation, that we're in the conversation with, the reason this discussion's relevant is because we're trying to divvy up who's going to be where for which playoff game. It was like This is amazing. It was like, they, you know, the, those last, I don't know, man, six, seven years, it was like you were covering a different sport. You know, you were covering yeah. this sport. We were over here. And then there's yeah. this other sport. We were over here trying to matter amongst yeah. the middling. <laughs> amongst and the then there were all these other teams that were amongst the elite that <laughs> we didn't even bother to take a look doing at. Doing their own thing over there. Yeah, you're like, oh, what, we don't, what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah, like you wouldn't even fathom putting yourself in the conversation against it's Alabama. Like, you would be like, oh, I might compare so. my house to my neighborhood houses, but I'm not driving to Golden Eagle <laughs> and, and, right. and trying to match up. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's a fun conversation, and it speaks to how far they've come in a short period of time and how good a job Mike has done and where this team's at now. And so this is why you, every week you look forward to seeing how much better they're going to get, how much healthier they're going to get. Yeah. You know, they, these are the question marks surrounding the pit game. Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell Headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. TV. A crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. Keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every week, so there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. With so many in-season ingredients, you'll taste all the freshness of fall in every bite of HelloFresh's chef-crafted recipes. Produce travels from the farm to your door for peak ripeness you can taste. HelloFresh does all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-portioned and ready to cook, along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. How easy is that? Even though the fall can feel jam-packed, HelloFresh makes whipping up a home-cooked dinner actually doable with quick and easy options, including their 15-minute meals. That's less time than it takes to get delivery. And with everything pre-portioned and delivered right to your door every week, it really is a no-brainer. Life during football season has always been crazy in our house. I cover a top five football program, my wife has a full-time job, we've got kids' activities, and there's not enough time to eat the meals we want to eat at our own house. Thanks to HelloFresh, we have delicious, trustworthy meals delivered to our door, saving us precious time to recharge and break bread together as a family. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50headlines, that's 50headlines, and use code 50headlines 
for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50headlines, 50headlines, and use code 50headlines for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh. America's number one meal kit. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Rolling on, Seminal Headlines. Looking forward to your questions. I imagine many of them have to do with Dabo Sweeney. We've got a a two-part thing here, guys, we get to do. We get to do Dabo for Coach Speak on Thursday, obviously. And then, and actually... Good Lord, guys. I don't know how we're going to do this. we got to whittle this thing down to a reasonable time frame for uh, Coach Speak on Thursday. There are a lot of guys <laughs> who have something to say and <laughs> express too. themselves, whether they should have or should not have. A lot of a lot of coaches are. We're at the time of the year where the writing's on the wall for a lot of guys. That's true. That's true. And I think Remember when uh, the, the – uh, I think it was the episode where the guy asked Jimbo in the crowd, where's your loyalty, mm-hmm. uh, which oh, was Florida State's yeah. – whatever that guy's name was from – Mike from, Mike from Tallahassee. No, but the guy from South Carolina oh, Tyler, last night. Tyler. Tyler from Spartanburg. Yeah, Tyler. Um, but most of those calls, if you remember, were screened to the point where I feel like it was either employees or employees' friends calling in to ask softball questions sure. to Jimbo. Towards the end of Jimbo's time, for sure. 100%. That's what I'm saying, that last one or two. My buddy. Holy moly, at Clemson, they are just, <laughs> hey, speak your mind, baby. I'm not speak buying Speak your mind. We will give you, you a, a platform. It's a plant. I don't, I don't know that I buy that the call was a plant. I do think he – Dabo was fine with them letting him go because I think he had already – He knew what he was going to get. Think about the stats he had. He knew what he was going to get. Well, but he didn't – he knew he was going to get it. Like, he's – it's been going that way. He's been getting hard calls. I, I so just, he knew there was going to be a call. I don't think it was a plant because it got it was kind of personal and bringing up the Bible. I don't think Dabo would like be cool with somebody making bringing up Bible verses. I to, think to, I think to well, well okay. So here's what I would tell you. I think he knew there was going to be a call or two. Yeah, and maybe even suggested we let a couple of calls come right. through. Because I want to remind these people how, how, how awesome fortunate, I am. How fortunate yeah. I you want are. everybody to understand just how appreciative of me they should be. <laughs> and their sorry-ass little lives in this tiny little community. But if not for me, you'd still be out here, you know, living this obscure going life. seven and five every year. And, you know, not mattering in any way. So, yes, that, that's what I mean by plan. I mean, I think he knew, and he was just, let it ride, let it ride. And Did he say he's never failed in anything in his life? Yes, and he said a lot of crazy things. Dude, he walk- said he wanted to get he- married, he got married. Well, <laughs> that was, dude, that, that's really, that, for most of us, that's our biggest accomplishment. No, um, what I, but what I, he's, he's uh, he wasn't he a walk-on? Yeah, in Alabama. Alabama. So yeah. is that like some great? I mean, I mean it's cool. It's yeah. better than it's, most it's, people. Yeah, it's an achievement. It's better than most people. Yeah. But to me, I don't think that's a. You've been a success in athletics as a player. If the height of it right. is, you become a walk on. Well, I mean, I, I mean, that's I just, cool. It's a weird thing to say. No matter what your level of success is, right. that I've never failed at anything. Right. That's a weird thing to say. But also, I think. I mean, look, we we guessed last week that I thought he was on the verge of a breakdown. Like, we've seen this coming. That microphone last week where it looked like he wanted to throw it. Yeah. We talked about it on a coach beat. I'm like, man, he's that close to slapping that mic off the dais. He was really close <laughs> yeah. last week. And you can see he's beginning to break. And there are many reasons for that. But one of the things that I find fascinating is he's done this a lot in the last year and a half. And I just don't know how he sees that this benefits him to continually chide fans on the whole about – how unappreciative of him yeah. 
They are. It's just a weird stance to take. Yeah. Like some, it's it's so insulated. You now you can get and him I back. I don't think it's the last year and a half. He did it. I think one of their championships year, years where they gave up a lot of points to South Carolina and still won. But he, everybody was complaining about the defense, and he's like, "Y'all going to complain about the defense? We just beat South Carolina for the fourth year in a row and are going to the playoff." Uh, you know, so he's been he's had this bubbling in him for five years. It's just now they have more ammo to point out, "Hey, man, your program's kind of crumbling." And you're not really doing anything about it. He's also right to say, "What? Look at what I've given you." Now we we yeah, are not three years into this. This is not 2006 you, Florida State. You can't be the they one. They were they were number two in the country yeah. last year in November. Yeah, and and listen, it, nobody 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 would argue with you about his successes and what he brought to Clemson and his overall record. And even last year was thought to be a down year. And they won 11 games. Got it. Right. But you can't be the guy prattling on, shaming fans, answering a question about being 4-4 four and four about how great you are. How's that going to go? You, it's that, never going to be a good look. It's never going to be a good look. I mean, how ba- would you Bobby, answer? Bobby Bowden, what, what could, Bobby Bowden had said that. And, I, you, know, there were, they, you know, there were a couple times where he took shots at fans, it's never, PlayStation All-American. It's never smart. It's but, never smart. But he could have literally said, man, you guys were going to close this program down. Like, literally, yeah. you guys were going to be done with college football – who knows what this university would be right now? You wouldn't have that stadium. You wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for me. But he never did that. I mean, it's just because why would you do that? I you mean, could, it's just a ridiculous he, thing he to do. He starts okay with the answer. The initial answer, like, you're free to have whatever opinion you like. I think we've had a lot of success around here. And, yeah. He could have ended it there. Yeah, and that you, should have been right. That should have been the ending. And if you were really smart, and let's say you knew this was coming, you would have told the freaking host of that show, by the way, just so you know, host of the show here's what we've done in the last seven years it's second only to georgia and ohio state or whatever it was or alabama and you know at that point because you're playing ball together here man that host at that point ends the call thanks dabo thanks for taking the high road i'll have you guys know out there right boom now he lays it out there for everybody to hear and well thanks guys you don't have to say that but uh, you know i know everybody's frustrated and you take the high road you can't do that and the and the the problem from Dabo is, and it's is that it's not just this season. And like Corey, you say, you make the point. Last year, at one point, they're number two in the season in the country. Fine, except for the fact that for years now, it's been years now where his decisions in terms of promoting from within are ridiculed, and they come back to haunt him. You look at he. I mean, he had to he had to make a change. One of his coordinators last year, he was forced to yeah. because it was so bad. Then refusing to entertain the transfer portal, where you've got. Florida State, who just beat you in your stadium, has a lineup filled with transfers, and you refuse to do it. So, I mean, that's the frustration from them. You ran off DJ Uyungle, and you brought in Cade Klubnik, who's not playing a whole lot better than DJ was, and you're not winning more games. Like, every decision, you're there's things to complain about, and now the results are all bearing out the concerns right. people have. all that is granted. Like, all that is granted. And Clemson fans are right to point that out. But I'm saying in the one-to-one interaction of – you're no better than Tommy Bowden. Why are you getting $11 million a year to be four and four is outrageously stupid. It is. It 100% of course, it, that's, that's all call, I'm saying. It's an outrageously a, stupid take sure. to have. But of course, it's a call-in show from a fan right. who's obviously frustrated. You, this is what you get. But I it's mean, what it, we talked about on like Coach It's like reading the comments section of a website. I mean, Jesus. Right. But that's why we gave Kyle Whittingham the one compliment in, in Coach Speak show history. Yeah. Because he got questioned by a reporter. A question was asinine. And he... 
Didn't get upset. He no. just said, oh, I think we've actually been really good. And he just cited kinda... the actual number for what they were ranked against the past. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, and the thing that gets lost in this, and I, I hope Florida State fans don't get mad at me for this, Clemson has great fans, incredible fans. They've been filling up that stadium Forever. for years before Dabo got there, yeah. before they had good teams. And I just don't think he appreciates playing in a stadium that maybe, like, go coach Wake, man. Go coach Wake for a year when the students, yeah. the students that show up all leave at halftime, and half your stadium is garnet. Uh, even though you've beaten this team you're playing every year since 2018, it's like appreciate the fan base you have, and don't assume all Clemson fans are that dude on the radio show that's calling you because they're not. They're also, upset with this season. They're frustrated. That doesn't mean they think you suck as a coach, and they don't appreciate what you did the last decade. Well, right. It's a it's a vocal minority. It's a guy that's on a, that's calling in who's frustrated, and you got to know what that is, and you got to categorize that before you ever get to where you're answering that question. You got to understand from the source that you got this question, and just move on from that. But I mean, at the end of the day, for him, and I say this all the time, and I said this about Coach Bowden, who didn't say anything nearly as egregious as this, but you're never the victim of your success. You cannot play the role of victim here. You're mad because you've succeeded, and you repeatedly tell everybody about how much you've succeeded, to this degree that no other Clemson coach before you ever has over a sustained period of time. And because you're having a year that's not to that level this year, you resent the fans for not, in your mind, appreciating that right. success. Man, you're right. not a victim, dude. You're paid over $11 million. That's, that you're doing, you're not a it. volunteer, man. It's, you're doing yeah. just fine. Yeah. And that's where you just – you would like a head coach that, that feels confident enough in himself to not feel like he needs to get down to that level because you are making $11 million a you're year. You're punching down. It's dumb. It's just it, – it, there's no benefit to it. So yeah. it's something, you know, no with, benefit with, to call-in shows. <laughs> Jeff hasn't taken a call That's correct. since what? before COVID. Well, I you know everything moved in that direction because after a while, the studies showed that listeners to call-in shows got tired of hearing the callers. <laughs> they were like, well, why would we listen to Jerry in Thomasville say a thing? Yeah. Who cares what Jerry says? Yeah. I'm not listening to Jerry. Is this a white show. Jerry? Is this a white Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> any Jerry. Any Jerry okay, call-in show. any Jerry show. at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, that's yeah, that you're kind of like, eh, no thanks. Don't need to do it. It's weird though. This is one where, like, imagine if Florida State was where it was two years ago, and this was going on at Clemson. Like, would we be spending more time on it or less time on it? Like, it's kind of because the Schadenfreude's great. Oh, it's awesome! But, but it's, it's also awesome. like in the like you've passed Clemson now. I feel like it's like you've got bigger stuff going on than yeah. worried about the dumpster fire. The well, Dabo's. I think what it is though is it, I do think it's it's something that emboldens Florida State fans. Because they're seeing the, 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 the cracks in the armor that right. we've talked about. And now you're seeing it unravel a little bit. Now the head coach is talking down to people on a regular basis, by the way. This happened to be a yeah. caller, but he's done it at press conferences. And so you're hoping that this is your chief rival in this conference is unraveling right. at a time that you're ascending. So now the, you know, you're opportunistic and you're excited about what the future holds because it doesn't look as if they're going to get it together right away. Now, you need Clemson to sustain poor play moving forward, and I don't know that that's going to happen. We'll see. They've got some good players. They're, it is weird. Yesterday I was looking into – got to go to break, but yesterday I was looking into all of the numbers I could possibly find that kind of express the story of Florida State's season, right? And I just wanted to talk about where they were defensively, advanced metrics, all that other stuff, Corey's favorite, Femoro. Mm -hmm. And I wanted, to, I wanted to do all of it, and so I, I really did. I hit up every possible place I could go – 
And one of the things that stood out to me was that when you're swimming in the deep end uh, with the other talented teams, so like Florida State now finds themselves alongside in these statistical measures, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and all these teams that you would you know project to the playoff, right? Like a pretty high percentage of the time when I'm looking through these numbers, I'm like Clemson. And you'll look and I'll go, how is that? It makes no sense that they're as bad. That they've they, lost none. the way they yeah. And even That's the game. That's what Dabo's they, trying to say, but, gang. No. You <laughs> plays away from 8 no. I mean, it's, You guys it's, just want to criticize. It's astounding how they found ways to lose football games. It truly is. Like, even when you look at the game they just lost, where they're like, they, they had a success rate three times higher than their right. opponent. There's nothing about that game that suggests they should lose. A, a couple of weeks back when they lost a game, they had like 300 yards more yeah, than they their opponent. they shouldn't have lost to Duke. They shouldn't yeah. have lost oh, to Miami. you could go on and on yeah. and on. It's nuts. Some of the headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV continues in a moment. Time to talk Shopify. A couple of years ago, I wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you guys. But I had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. So you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I really love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, now to grow your business, no matter what stage of the game you're in. Shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Rolling on, I, I would say, final thing on, on Clemson, Ira and I were just talking during the break. I mean, the one weird thing about how talented they actually are is that none of us would be surprised if they beat Notre Dame this weekend. What do you? I, I think that Clemson crowd is going to be great. It always is. I think it's going to be amped up to show Dabo how much they love him. Uh, I don't know if it'll matter because I don't see, think they're going to score a lot against Notre Dame. But I don't but think they're going to score a lot against them either. Yeah, yeah. it'll be 17-14. Club Nick will either fumble at the Notre Dame three <laughs> or somehow win one of these games, we're, finally. We're, take, we're taking the under this weekend, huh, Corey? All right. I like it. Yeah. Maybe Get after it, buddy. At some point, Cage just going to have like PTSD, take a snap, and just throw the ball straight into the air like Keon Coleman in pregame. Like he's just gonna yeah. one of these end game moments. He's just gonna snap. Whatever I do is wrong, guys. If I throw it, yeah. I'm wrong. If I run it, I'm wrong. Here, by the way, the go get it. By the way, in all of our praise for that complete performance last week, we we didn't talk much about Keon Coleman kicking ass and that stiff arm on that poor basket. What do we think? Do we think somebody asked the other night? I think on Smash. Do we think he slowed down on purpose so he could give so the guy the could, stiff arm so he could do that to him? He might have. That's man. cold. He was waiting blooded. for him. That is yeah. cold. But by the way, Corey, Notre Dame, Clemson, over, under 45. 
Corey's hitting oh, way under hard. We're going way under there. The under hard. Yeah, yeah twenty three seventeen action, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I think seventeen fourteen. That's my that's my prediction there. But yeah, it's funny with Keon. It's like it's just you take it for granted now. Kind of like Jordan. That's why I wanted to bring up Jordan at the beginning of the show. You just take for granted how good these guys are. And Keon making a one-handed catch, looking like he's just playing in his backyard with his uh, nephew or something. It, it's just remarkable how easy he can make the game look. What, I will what, say this. I don't like it. I don't like the screens they run to him where they have the blockers out in front. He's not good at that. You know what I'm saying? Like the the just the pull it and throw it to Keon with the blockers coming in front and the defense funnels that way. It's almost like a slip screen yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. He's not good at that. They need to run that with Jakai or anybody else, really. Everything else he's exceptional at, though. Okay, that's a pretty good nit, Corey. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. hey, I'll pick a nit. I'll pick it. We're trying to win championships. I like how here, we're right, going Nick? right there when we start talking about Keon Coleman. We go straight to that. Well, Nick, I, said I, like he was awesome I also, I also think he's wrong. I think it's yeah. not on him. Go back and watch those plays. <laughs> Could be blocked. No, over. he doesn't catch it and go. He he always kind of cuts back inside. He's looking for an alley. You want to get it? I get it. He's six three. You don't run those plays with six three guys trying you know, to funnel into. You the also defense. don't have those guys returning punts, and he's doing okay with that. Right. Well, hey, that's true. Yeah, real quick though, on that. the uh, on the pass, uh, the one handed catch. What was funny about that in the post game press conference conference if people watch the video of Keon talking to the media is there some North Carolina media who are like man tell us about that one-handed catch how did you do that and they're like <laughs> I wanted to turn week. around and be like dude have you watched did you see, that the, one? <laughs> <laughs> did you see the one from a couple weeks ago I and mean, that was like nothing compared to what he normally yeah, was does. it was so him. casual too yeah. it's just like disrespectful it was just sort of just like oh, there's definitely a give me, give me the ball there's a disrespectful nature to his game that I happen to love a lot. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he knows that in a one-on-one battle, he's the better player. Right. So it's sort of like, get off me. Uh, pretty, yeah. pretty, yeah, emphatically. It's cool to have those players that uh, – I, I just think, Ira, I think you were asking about this yesterday yeah. a little bit at the press conference. Do you agree with like, me? Well, just how – when you have a, somebody that's that su- good – but that's supremely confident. I think it permeates the rest of the right. team. It gives them confidence too. Like I remember going way back to Dion playing here at Florida State. All of a sudden, Dedrick Dodge thinks he's the best safety in the country, and he's po- he's flexing and posing and celebrating like Dion. I just think having those guys that are so exceptional and make those plays routinely and know they're awesome, go into every game thinking probably like I don't know who's covering me. Does it matter? I it doesn't matter who this cornerback is. He can't cover me. I just think that permeate that can permeate an entire team to have guys with that confidence. Like, I think Jordan has it. Verse has it. Obviously, Keon has it. If Jalen Rams if Jalen Ramsey walks onto the field with you and you're on defense, and Jalen Ramsey walks on the field with you, the way he carries himself, yeah, that's going to affect how everybody because you feel good because you're that guy's on my side. Yeah, you're with good players and they play uh, with the knowledge that they're very good. So there is a certainly there is a, a confidence uh, with everything that they do. Can't help but rub off on you because you know you don't have to be superhuman. He is, you know, he'll he'll make up for what you lack. Perhaps I think the other thing is this team's made up of a bunch of alphas that way though that's the fun part i mean jaheem bell yeah i mean i mean think about what he is and the way that he plays the game and the way that he routinely bitches guys that try to tackle him i mean he thinks it's hilarious and he's just bigger and stronger and everybody knows it and i think a lot of the guys on this roster feel that way there's trey benson has to feel that way i also like one little nugget in the press conference yesterday that we i don't know if you guys talked about in your guys various sundry popular right. uh, shows yeah. but um when Alex Atkins said that, that Jaheim Bell didn't play that much in the game before that one, 
because or it was he was just two ga- two or three games ago, and he said it was because he hadn't practiced much because he had nicked up his ankle, and then but Jaheim thought okay, but when I'm ready on game day, like you guys are gonna put me back in because I'm, yeah, Jaheim, cause Bell. I'm Jaheim Bell, and they didn't. And then he went to him afterwards. He's like, oh, you guys weren't serious about yeah. it. if I don't practice. <laughs> Man, I th- that's awesome. I think to yeah. be able to do that with a guy like that. Yeah, and there might be players that uh, you would have an exception for, but I guess he doesn't fall into that well, category. Well, it depends Coleman on the circumstances. Could miss a week of practice, it depends on, be like, well, you're still playing. It depends on the play. circumstances. If you literally can't practice and you're rehabbing and yeah, whatever, yeah, that's yeah. one thing. Like Maurice Smith, I think is there's games where he hasn't practiced much, but he's been able to play. Yeah. But if you are just like, man, I'm not feeling great. My ankle doesn't feel great right now, and you don't want to practice. Right. Like, that's, okay, well, could be a little bit different. Yeah, you, so that's one of the cool. But one of the cool moments in that game, talking about Jaheim Bell, uh, who does exudes confidence, is he got he got lit up on a a little screen pass, I yes. think, or, or in the second quarter. I also thought it was targeting. They didn't even look at it because no why such would thing, they? Corey, keep it moving. It was, but it was targeting, and it wasn't called. The very next play, he beats that same safety for that thirty yard pass down the field. Yeah. It's like, man, that's how you answer. Renardo did it in the Clemson game after getting yeah. struck by Shipley, and then the very next dropped play, yep. the, he dropped him for a two-yard loss, and then Bell does that, man. they it, You talk about response, but that is a great response. That kid made the whole crowd go, ooh, and sent Jaheim Bell backwards. In the very next play, Jaheim Bell gets him to the 15-yard line by beating the same kid. That's It's just cool to see stuff like that. It does. That is what we see in practice, too, right? So that's that's – you that's know, how football should be. Though. Right. That's really how football should be. Like, if you're a, a veteran bunch and a confident bunch and you're a confident player, you understand. The other guys are on scholarship. They're going to make plays. I'll just make the next yeah. one. You know, I that's just how can't, it works. I can't. I mean, it just seems like every time in practice, whether you're watching the OLDL one-on-ones, pass rushing drills, or the one-on-ones with the receivers and DBs, it seems like almost every time one guy wins something, the, the next guy time comes they go, back. the other guy comes back. Well, we used to lament – when Florida State was not a good football team, that one of the reasons they weren't a good football team was that they didn't have depth. And in practice, your best players would dominate and never really get challenged. And so you didn't have, you know, a group that was dominant on one side facing a group that was dominant on the other side with guys that you could sub out and sustain that level of intensity. And so by adding all of these good players and raising the floor of talent, now practices are intense. Now you have a situation where a really good receiver beats a good DB or an up-and-coming DB at the very least, and then that DB feels pressure to come back and win the next one-on-one because F that, I'm a competitor. You're not just going to use me all day long out here. I'm going to make plays. So and the better you get and the more intense those practices are, obviously that spills out onto the field. And nothing you're going to see in a game against Wake Forest is going to be more intense than what you see in practice every day. Wake looked like the stepchild they should be. Uh, in this sense, you know, that was uh, finally that order was restored. But right. for a long time, you could argue, I mean, a few years back, Wake's roster was better. And you're like, well, this is embarrassing. Wake's <laughs> roster is better than that. You know, like this, yeah. this ain't good. But yeah. they've raised the Florida level. Now we're like, okay, that's right. We're Florida State. You're Wake. It ain't happening. And it was uh, – the thing to be most proud about, I think, if you're a Florida State fan from this game, is that was that atmosphere, noon game, whatever – and Wake's defense is pretty good, and you went yeah. in there, and from the jump, yeah, this is it. This well, is over. And this I thought, it, well, yeah, it was not competitive. Even when it was 10-7, I just felt like it was not going to be competitive. Yeah. But the other thing that what they did in this game that I think is really important, and I think it's coming, like because this isn't just one game. Now, it's three games in a row now where they've had really good returns to give the offense a short field. And if you start giving this offense a short field yeah, once or twice a game, game, I mean, and they had yeah. two, ga- two possessions where they started across the 50 – 
Man, it's lights out. Dude, I mean, you're man, not you're but, not going to stop this offense very often if they're getting good field position. And the way the return game is playing now, they're going to get how some about good my field man positions. Deuce. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Ooh, it's good you've been, to see Man over. He's, he's, all he's a legitimate weapon in return. Yeah. Don't have anybody else back there, guys. Let's I think, go. Just uh, let him return it. On the tribal council, somebody called him Deuce Spanover. <laughs> well, played. Spot over. well played anyway. no i'm proud of deuce man and it's he's found a niche and you can see him having more confidence i mean yeah, i we talked yeah. about last week he's got more confidence of practice now as a receiver just because you know he's, he's making made plays. Big plays he's yeah. making plays i think the the lament i had from this last game because it would have been a great opportunity Hakeem could have had a huge game. Right. You know, they didn't have him out there, obviously. He was Destin injured. Hill, too. Destin Those Hill. two guys, it's, yeah. it's unfortunate that they got banged up because those could have been they were a ton coming. of reps. Yeah. And think about late in the game, you would have played, you would have kept those guys yeah. in there making plays, even with Tate, I think. Yeah. And that that would have been good for them. So they got to get right. They got to get healthy. It's good to see Portier have a couple of really oh, yeah. nice plays. Yep. He Man. had a horrible drop at the yeah. end, but the, the first catch on the on the sideline. And, and then the that one was, that's called that's back. Yeah, that that's one of the best plays of his career. Maybe the best play of his career. He just completely mossed that kid, and it was called back for the hold. And then Keon Coleman on the next play was called for a OPI, which was flagrant. And I thought he should have been kicked out of the game. For it. <laughs> it was an obvious pass interference. I don't know why they teach him like that in practice. You know what? Uh, that had nothing to do with what officials just being goofy in that stadium. What really pissed me off about that call was the guy that called it could not have seen whether or not he actually did no, push off. he made off. an assumption. Because he, he sees the guy assumption. fall backwards as Johnny cuts back, and mm-hmm. he just assumes Johnny pushed off. You mean or Keon. Keon. Yeah. He assumes he pushed off, but he can't. there's no way he could have seen it from where he was. Well, he missed the bear hug before it. The reason yeah. that Keon extends his arm is he's tired of being held. Yeah. yeah. So it was preposterous. It's get off me is right. what he's doing, as one does when you're being held. I would uh, also like to explain what I was me- – so – People might hear me talk about Keon with the screen and be like, well, he had a 30-yard touchdown on a screen. That was just a one-on-one. I'm talking about where they pull it and throw it. I know it what you're talking about. You're talking more about the tunnel screen yeah. stuff. Yeah. You don't like yeah, that. Well, just throw it out wide. He's got a blocker in front with a yeah, The with quick two game. DBs. We run the quick game sometimes. That's fine. Yeah, the, that, that has, that, he has not been exceptional at that. He is exceptional at everything else. Uh, I would rather him be the blocker for Ja'Kai because Keon is a very good blocker and he's a big dude and let Ja'Kai squirt through there for 50 minutes. I, I also yards. think, yeah, I just think, man, more times Keon Coleman has the ball. Yeah, there. it's probably a good thing. Also, by the way, should be, while we're praising the team after a stellar performance, it should be noted that Keon in his first few games was not a great blocker, didn't mm-hmm. really embrace it at all, and has now thoroughly embraced it. It speaks to the larger culture on the team, right. like we've talked about before, but it's worth pointing out that guys who are superstar players, we all know wide receivers can be prima donnas, see it in the NFL all the time. That guy came in, was immediately the best receiver that this team has, and then yet he decides to buy in and block and block like Johnny Wilson does, like all the rest of the receivers do. He's the guy. Where So real quick about Keon, because I know we're close to the end of the hour, but yep. – so when Jermaine Johnson came in and we saw him, we were like, okay, this is different. This is what it's supposed to look like. But he came into a, a line, a roster, a football team, a it locker room. Sorry. It was pretty yes. devoid of talent. Yeah. yeah. Keon comes into a team that's already pretty well formed, that we already thought was going to be an AC championship contender, right. maybe the favorite. And he's kind of like that far ahead. Like, where does Keon Coleman rank in terms of like just, I'm not going to say his career, but just like in terms of like ability, performance, talent, and one player. It, it, like he's literally, up, he's up there with, with the best of the best, right? Well, we'll answer it in the second hour because we got to go in 10 seconds. But I like the question, so we'll answer that as we get to all the other questions. We'll do that in hour mm, number two. Tea. Put it on hey, Facebook, like Ira. Like go that? ask that on Facebook. Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.